From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you, wherever you may be around the world. Welcome to Lighthouse Live. Pastor Mike Douglas here, along with our co-host and producer, Elaine Harlan, and our prayer intercessor, the inimitable Mr. Al, Al Ramsey, with us as well. And uh, tonight, some old friends. Well, they're not old. Oh, there you Let go. Me, oh, We're I in trouble that again. haven't even started. They're not old. They're oh, long-time God. friends. <laughs> Vern Dethridge. Yes. Uh, Modesto Gospel miss, uh, Mission and... Uh, also, Brad Wilson. I got to know Brad a couple of years ago, and uh, God blessed us by bringing him here to Modesto. And uh, uh, looking forward to talking to you in a couple of minutes. Vern, welcome back. Yeah. Been a hey, long time. Yeah, from, from, from the old guy. Yeah, from the old. No, no, we're we're just mature. Whippersnapper. <laughs> we knew tonight was going to be fun. Well, speaking of mature, why don't I do that and okay. uh, let's get to our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. Hey, this is Toby Mack with news of another real-life Jesus freak. It's 301 A.D. Armenia. Fourteen years in prison has left Gregory pale and gaunt, but more committed to Christ than ever. The king has grown bitter and mad because even though he has had many Christians tortured and killed, the gospel continues to spread. Despite all warnings, Gregory insists on a private audience with the king. After a scuffle and a long silence, the two men emerge from the king's chambers as friends. Armenia becomes the first country to legalize Christianity. The king's family is baptized, and the bold prisoner earns the name Gregory the Illuminator. Will you stand with the Voice of the Martyrs? Go online to persecution.com. You know, that brings to mind the stuff that's important. You know, I mean, sometimes we get wrapped around the axle of what carpet color, you know, and, and uh, that brings back, you know, what it's really all about and uh, how uh, the blood of the martyrs has uh, has really been the, the seeds of an amazing, uh, amazing God thing over the centuries, Vern, and uh, puts our challenges sometimes into perspective, doesn't it? Yeah. It kind of makes you kind of humble when you think about it. Does. What it does make you humble. Uh, by the way, uh, speaking of opportunities to serve, coming up on September 11, September 11, uh, if you're uh, in the Stanislaus County area, Modesto area, greater Modesto area, love to have you join us. September 11, that's a Saturday from 8.30 to uh, about noontime to leave the rest of your Saturday free, because I know i got chores to do, uh, you guys, <laughs> you know, as so. 
and my honeydew list, and so we, we, we got you know, we all got those, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we'll leave you half your Saturday there. But if you can join us in the morning, we're going to be back in the airport neighborhood. And uh, last year in April, we were there and we cleaned uh, 22 tons of debris out of the alleyways there. And uh, in September last year, yeah. 2009, we went back and we uh, cleared 36.8 tons of stuff. Uh, out of the alleyways, and so we're coming back again on September 11, and uh, in partnership with the city of Modesto and the county of Stanislaus, and uh, really appreciate uh, their partnership with us on this. So uh, we'd love you to have uh, have you come join us. Mm-hmm. Again, we'll be um, starting at 8:30 in the morning with a briefing and giving out assignments. We'll be in the parking lot of Orville Wright School. Try to say Orville Wright ten times real fast. I got myself in trouble with that last yeah. week. But anyway, Orville Wright School, and uh, we uh, would love to have you come. Meet us there at 8.30, and uh, if you'd like some information on that, uh, you can give us a call, 209-544-9571. That's 209-544-9571. And this year what we're going to be doing is is uh, raking and, and dragging the debris to uh, the sides of the alleyways and then... The two claw machines. The claw. Oh, you like to see Remember that. Remember Get Smart? <laughs> and the, it already reminds me of the craw. Remember yeah. the, the guy? Let me take the shoe off. Yeah, the, yeah right. <laughs> yeah, I had a demented youth. You know, Get Smart. and all. Anyway, where was I? Where was I? Yes. Well, now the dementia is over. Now I just want to. missed it by just that much. Missed it by that much. All right. Well, now I'm going to get sued probably by. Well, I know. That's, that's the problem. Send them to him. That's right. Anyway, uh, we'd love you to come out. And uh, the city and the county will be coming through uh, with their machines and, and disposing of the debris. So it's really a fairly simple operation. A little bit of graffiti that uh, we're going to be wiping out as well. And again, you can meet us at 830 in the morning. Again, if you'd like more information on that in advance, 209-544-9571. That's 209-544-9571. And it is so cool because on the Volunteer Center of the United Way, we're listed at the very first of that. Yeah, or thanks to United Way for that. Thank you. Awesome. You bet. Other opportunities for you to consider the Parent Resource Center, helping young parents become good parents. Volunteers ages 18 years and older train to become a labor and a delivery coach. I know that just excites all the men around this table. A mentor to teen and young adult parents. <laughs> or a co-facilitator at parenting groups. Maybe there's Last time I was in the labor and delivery share. room, yes. the words I remember were, Honey, where's the anesthesiologist? <laughs> to which you replied. It's the only time I lied to my wife. Oh, real seriously, because mm-hmm. I knew secret information that the anesthesiologist wasn't going to be there for two hours. Uh-oh. And I lied and I said, because you don't tell a woman in labor the anesthesiologist is going to be two hours. life was in danger, yes. I mean, I made it look was a good call. That was a good call. The wise man you are. Uh, you know, and so I... She, she forgave me for that later, but yes. was I interrupting okay. you? It's okay because that's, I'm sure that a lot of men that. can relate somewhat to Probably to so. That, but, and know, the anesthesiologist did come. And women are taking notes right now, especially those who are looking forward to And I was happy when he soon. took the IV out of me, too. Okay. <laughs> but no, that's a different story. And then when you oh, up, wrong hospital anyway. visit. That was a different one. I'm sorry. Yes. Okay, Go ahead. Okay, the adventures of past. 
Mr. Mike. Okay, <laughs> labor and delivery volunteers uh, provide, this is, again, uh, folks and uh, dear friends who are still tuned in, the Parent Resource Center. You can provide in-home and in-hospital support, okay, to pregnant teens and, and young women, including uh, prenatal and parenting uh, education classes and nursing assessments. Uh, parent mentors provide emotional and educational support to pastor, no, 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 to at, I'm sorry, to at-risk young mothers here. Let's get back here. And co-facilitators uh, assist parents during weekly group meetings and volunteer orientation and 11-week training course uh, are scheduled Monday evening, September 13th through November 22nd, 6 to 8 p.m. Uh, PRC, that's uh, Parent Resource Center, also invites the public uh, to attend the free Cool Cars for Charity event. Hey, this is a pretty cool thing. September 9th, uh, that takes place at the Turlock Fairgrounds, uh, featuring over 250 cars, Mr. Al. Hey, entertainment, great food, and more. Uh, proceeds from entries and refreshments uh, benefit uh, PRC. The Parent Resource Center provides emotional and educational support for parents in nurturing and guiding their children through the critical first five years of a child's life to decrease the risk of child abuse, neglect, uh, and family violence. So we uh, receive many referrals from the parent resource centers from all over uh, the greater uh, Modesto area. And so we just would encourage you um, to help out and, and to be a part, uh, you know, connecting with and mentoring and witnessing to and loving these young people, a very, very worthwhile thing because they need, they need your love. They need Jesus. Yes. Uh, Reading Works, adult literacy program where you can make a difference by teaching an adult to read. Over 100,000 or 46% of Stanislaw County adults are in the two lowest levels of literacy and are considered functionally uh, illiterate. So you can change a person's life, their future, and their children's future by opening doors through reading. We thoroughly uh, encourage this. Volunteers aged 16 years and older spend just a couple of hours a week increasing uh, students' basic reading skills, utilizing an easy-to-follow phonics-based curriculum. Reading Works is providing a tutor orientation. I've attended one of these. Uh, it's lots of fun. Uh, Wednesday, September 15th from 6.30 to 7.30, followed by a tutor training on Saturday, September 18th from 10 to 4. Uh, both will be held at the Modesto Library downtown, uh, downstairs auditorium, I should say. Reading Works, a partnership of the Stanislaw County Library and the Literacy Center, providing free literacy services for adults who need to improve their basic academic skills in Stanislaw County. Any questions that you have about any of this or any complaints as well, <laughs> call Barbara Borba. <laughs> She's at 209-524-1307, extension 113, again, 209-524-1307. She also enjoys your, your emails at bborba at uastan.org. want to tell you about something that uh, is very needed right now. Seniors, 55-plus that are willing and able to commit to some extensive training to become peer counselors. We're looking for retired professionals, especially healthcare professionals, interested in peer support counseling. There's initial, uh, an initial 30-hour training. Uh, it's comprised of, a, of 10 three-hour training sessions from Tuesdays to Thursdays. That's when it's held on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 1 to 4 in the afternoon. Start September 9th. 
goes to October 12th, and it's held at the Area Agency on Aging. If you have any questions on uh, or any more information, please contact Jill Erickson. She can be contacted at 209-525-4611. If you have any more cards and letters about Pastor Mike, you can send those to Jill as well. That's, uh, <laughs> Jill uh, would be happy to uh, take those off. Yeah. <laughs> and we also have a need right now for some twin beds for a single dad raising his two daughters. You know, raising children uh, at any time is, is difficult, but when you're a single parent, mm. it's really, really tough. Right. I know Vern and, and Brad can uh, attest to that too, but we have a single dad right now raising his two daughters, and they need a twin bed. So if you have a couple on hand, please let us know. Several uh, folks needing bicycles, men and women's bicycles, for transportation to uh, seek employment. Uh, please let us know about that. A baby crib for a little girl set to be born at the end of next month. So if you have any baby cribs or little girls' clothing, diapers, and things like that, let us know. Your donations are safe in our hands. Well, safe in my hands. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, 209-544-9571, and we will get those things to where they need to go. You know, it's the bring back brings back memories, you know, and when my daughter was two, guys, um, we, we, we had this little, it was like a bed that, that's just maybe a foot off the floor, you know, it was on sale at some place for a ridiculously low price, so we, so we bought it, and a buddy of mine that I'd known since kindergarten, you know, he, he came up, and we're living up in Sacramento at that time, we decided to put this thing together. Well, you know, real men don't read instructions. You know, that's just that is correct. You no, don't. That is correct. You don't ask directions, and you don't read instructions. You know, that just comes comes in the man's manual, right, guys? That is, yeah, right. That is so, correct. Anyway, my I read instructions now because <laughs> <laughs> Barb says so, right? Yeah. So, my friend and I are there for like eight hours, you know, trying to figure out how to put this dumb bed together for my two-year-old daughter. And she's kind of watching us, you know, bemused with all of this. So we finally get it done, and it has a little skirt thing, you know, that you put around the uh, this. I didn't know beds had skirts, you know. I but then that's another story. But anyway, so we finish this. We get the finally get the bed assembled. It's all ready to go. Do you know Heather refused to lie down in that bed? Mm. You put her in it. She'd go and sleep on the floor. Mm. You know, it's one of the great disappointments of my life. That bed never got slept in. <laughs> You know, and so we, we she did. played we with the cardboard box for about two months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it might be a safety factor there involved. She saw her dad putting it together. Yeah, so well, it's probably it's said, I have my doubts. You know, and of course now she's a senior in high school. Yes. She does sleep in a bed now, yes, by, she by the does. way. Yes, she does, and she does drive a car. Now, what's with that? <laughs> Why she are daughters allowed to grow now. up? Yes. And drive cars, no. isn't that weird? No. Try to hold them down. They don't know. No. No, you feed them. They <laughs> grow up. That. and yeah, Well, she's... grandkids the same way. Oh, yes. Yeah. And aren't grandkids yeah, the best? Yeah, I got best. grandkids. You know, by the time oh, I have grandkids, oh, by the time I have grandkids, best. Vern, I'll be on oxygen. You know, I mean, that's Trust me, it's so much fun. You get to be a kid again. Yeah. My favorite poem is, I've seen the lights of Paris and I've seen the lights of Rome, but the greatest lights I've ever seen are the car or the grandchildren. <laughs> oh, my. I, uh, you get, I have eight. You get them all together. I, oh, it's, no. it's, it's, you know, you, you, you want to know what youth is all about when you get eight of them together at one time. So you have, you have eight grandchildren. Eight grandkids. Wow. They all love wow. to ride their quads and we go to the beach and look out. Oh, they're oh, they're maniacs. I love them. Brad's too you young to have. You know, it, I could I, actually be one of Vern's grandchildren. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now it's another old day. 
Please, send, pretty, pretty please send your cards you to know? Brad at. We knew tonight was going to be fun. I am the we ninth grandchild. I know I should have left him in the closet. Missing huh? grandchild. To be a blessing. And dear friends, we thank you wherever you are listening. And we just want to say that this is sort of a, a reunion of sorts with Vern Deathridge from Modesto Union Gospel Mission and Brad Wilson. We want to welcome you. To Lighthouse Live for the very first time. Yes, we have been thank so you. Is this looking your first forward time, Brad? to this. Yes, yes, it is. No, it won't be the last time, no, though. No, he's been quiet. He hasn't caught on yet. So, yeah. <laughs> and you keep coming back for the oh, abuse. Uh, we can't hold you down. You know, this is like a bad trait. you got to keep coming back. We there have you to go. say. We have we must have the best gospel mission in the entire United States, well, right? Thank you. The world. What do you think, guys? We, you know, I, I hear so much about it that, that uh, I uh, cry thinking about it. But you know, it's by the grace of God. Mm. It's by it truly is His miracle. Barbara and I have been a the last twenty. Actually, we started volunteering. Total time is twenty five years now, wow. and it just been part of a miracle. I cry over thinking about and we. I, I don't want to feel like an old fogey, you know, sometimes you go, you remember when? And I start thinking back of people that's been through there. And the other day, I, I got to share you, the other day I um, was doing some stuff in the office, and it hit me. I said, I sat in my office, and not tearful, but remembering some things and, and thinking, Lord, have I ever made an impact? Have you tried? What happened? What have I done? And I stopped and thought about the lives hmm. that come through the mission. Yeah. And it's like the Lord took a minute and said, Thumb, you know how you get it? You ever had a cold ear, someone hit you on a cold ear and kind of wakes you up a little bit? Well, that's kind of a feeling I had about it. He says, you know, Vern, come on. Look at the faces. And these faces, there's flesh through my mind yeah. that yeah. they wouldn't be alive today. Mm-hmm. We were there to that's impact right. them and, most importantly, introduce them to someone very important called Jesus. Amen. And, in fact, one of those guys, my, always I love his, mentioning his name because Whenever I feel down and out, I just think of Mark Collum. He's senior pastor yes. of the Capitol Foursquare Church in oh, Sacramento. What a testimony. What a, his testimony. He was there that night when he gave yeah. his testimony at that banquet. And he, I, whenever I feel down and out, I just pop his mind. His name comes to me every time. There must be thousands like that. Right? Oh, I quit counting. I tried to count the first five, six, seven, eight years, you know, thinking of all these people. And then I finally realized, you know what? The day's going to come, we'll all get to heaven, and we'll get to do a lot of hugging, because it's going to take a couple hundred years to get through all that. Just to do that. You talk (laughs) about a reunion, that will be Great union, you know, just of all these people. You know, it occurs to me, uh, you know, our our bailiwick here is is getting, you know, believers to volunteer and get outside the four walls of their homes and, and, and serve the needs of others. And... You and Barbara have been wonderful in in your roles as the directors uh, of of the gospel mission. But it occurs to me you you just started out volunteering. I mean, you, that really wasn't on your radar screen no. to become the the no. director and CEO, right? No. Uh, to not, tell us how you how you got attracted there. Well, it was kind of a strange story. Uh, Barbara and I had only lived a few blocks away from the mission over in the airport, uh, not in the airport district, but the La Loma district oh, yeah. area, okay? And one day we was driving down Yosemite, and I saw all these guys standing out in front of the, the older building. And I says, I wonder what that is. And Barbara says, well, that's the mission. Well, she's been part of a mission from Stockton's mission. She knew, the, you know, take sto- you know, socks to them on Christmas and things like that. So I had no clue, no clue. And in fact, I kind of got a little irritated and said, you know, these guys, go get a job. You know, come on. And, and uh, she kind of smiled. He says, oh, you, you'll catch on. Well, we was at church we was attending to a gentleman by the name of Bill Pohl, who's gone to be with the Lord right now. 
came up to him one day, and I had, didn't know him from Adam too much. And he says, Vern, I've got to tell you something. God told me to tell you you've got to go to the mission. I said, what? No, well, this, this guy's a nutcase. I don't know anything about a mission. Two weeks later, uh, we went into Jack Hewitt, was the executive director of the mission. I introduced myself to him and said, Barb and I would like to, is there something we could do around here? And he said, well, just give me your name and that telephone number. And he wrote it down. And that's the last time we heard from him for, mm. for months. But by that time, Barbara and I have come to the conclusion that we knew it was time to serve the Lord in a physical way and not get out of our checkbooks and get out of our warm seats at the pew mm -hmm. and do something. Mm -hmm. I knew it. There was no doubt about it. And we was walking down the street on our nightly walk, holding hands as we was walking. We stopped mm -hmm. in the middle of the street, and I says, Honey, we got to pray. God's moving us. Mm -hmm. She goes, Okay. Because it was hard for her. She didn't want, we had kids and, and things in the area. We didn't know. She was a fear that God was going to move us to China. You know? <laughs> a lot she really, of people have that. Yeah, yes. <laughs> well, we stopped in the middle of that street. We prayed, Lord, okay, you know our limits, and we're going to trust in you. Mm -hmm. And we just prayed. Here we are. Use us. That's all we said. Walked back to the house, and an hour later, I got a phone call from Jack Hewitt saying, you know what, we need some help uh, down here on services. Would you like to volunteer to do that? And I said, absolutely, and I haven't, I've been there ever since. We, we, I started volunteering um, once a month, going down as a volunteer, like we have so many people. And we always warn people it become habit-forming, and we did. The more we got involved, and before you know it, uh, it was about a year later, um, I had uh, had some spinal surgery from I had been hurt during Vietnam, and so my back was messed up, and I had to do surgery. Mm -hmm. So I was laid up from that, and then the Lord just spoke to our hearts. And I said, "Honey," and she goes, "You know what? You need to go to the mission full time." So I volunteered without pay, not to get paid. I just went there. I gave up my job. Barbara said, "Okay, I'll take, I'll pay the bills, and you just go." And uh, we went there. I worked about a year as like a full time volunteer uh, without pay. And then one day, Jack Hewitt, come in through some other circumstances, came to me and says, Vern, the Lord told me I've, I've got to hire you. Hmm. And he says, how much money you got to have? And I said, well, if the Lord told you to hire me, he told you how much. And so, <laughs> and he, and he yeah, that. and he, he uh, I went to work uh, on May 1st. Officially, my hire date was May 1st, 1988. And wow. uh, it was about a month later, the board of directors realized the mission had to grow to meet the needs that was coming. And they asked me, you think Barbara would be interested? And they was afraid to ask her because, you know, Barbara was the actually the only woman of her kind in the world. She was an international credit manager for a very large Fortune 400 company, Fortune 400, and the only one, woman of her kind in the world, really. And uh, very much set to go into maybe a vice presidency of the company. She truly is. Oh, she's incredible. Oh, oh, incredible she lady. Amazing so anyway, they was afraid to ask, and they came to me and says, do you think Barbara would like to come here? And I said, well, let me ask. And I went, we talked, and we prayed about it and took us a whole 30 seconds to figure that one out. And, uh, it, you know, the funny, the interesting, i got to share the God's blessings here. People, mm -hmm. if someone's listening right now, they got to listen to, you can't put finances mm. in front right. you can't look at money you can't thank do it Amen. it's Amen. impossible right. thank you because god owns and and i'm a testament of that because yes. i'll be honest we my wife's uh salary at that time and this was back in the 80s mm -hmm. was quite high mm -hmm. and so she could support us and all that good stuff and, us, and now they asked her to come to work and we dropped down to i believe less than 10 percent of what we used to make mm -hmm. and uh, in fact i made less than minimum wage at mm -hmm. that time mm -hmm. 
you know what? God made all of our bills. Mm-hmm. He paid everything. We never was late anything. Never looked back. It was all by the miracle of God. Sufficient. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. sufficient. Yes. It was awesome. It, when she said yes to the board, it was a leap of faith because the mission really didn't have the money to even pay us then. Mm-hmm. But the board stepped out in faith and said, you know what? If we have to, we'll pay the salary out of our pockets if we have to. And we said, well, we're not worried about God's able. You know what? God was able and blessed and above. Beyond our wildest imagination, God has taken care of it. I give, I'm going to tell you something. If someone's listening, they're very, if they're sitting there thinking about it, they better get on their knees right now and apologize to God for so holding back. Because it is time to move. Right now, we're in desperate need all over the world yes. for people to mobilize Christians to get out there and start talking Jesus to everybody. You know, it, it, it's an amazing thing to me when, when people say, gee, I don't, I don't know what I want to do you know, with the second half of my life, or I don't know really what, you know, we're, we're making some money and I, I just, you know, I, I think I'll go take a course or I'm going to hire a consultant and I'm going, man, Matthew twenty two thirty seven through 40, love God with everything you have, love your neighbor as yourself. What more do we need? Absolutely. I mean, doesn't, you know, and, and like you and Barbara were there standing in the middle of the street and you said, okay, God, we're ready. You know, take us where you want to go. Lori and I made that that same mistake um, when we got married 20 years ago in our vows. And I did, I had no idea what a Modesto was at that point. We were down in Pasadena. And uh, we, as part of our vows, we, we committed to the Lord that as a couple we would do and go wherever he wanted us. And I was thinking the same thing. Kenya, man, I never, you know, we're going to wind up in Kenya, aren't we? And, and we didn't wind up in Modesto, for goodness sakes. You know, the, the fearful the, or the best part about it, Barbara was offered a job with the Chinese government uh, in their agricultural program to take over because she was that good at uh, doing the finances and and such. (laughs) Because she did assessments and work uh, uh, for corporations and countries. She didn't, and actually countries, she dealt with nations. And Mm -hmm. so she was very specialized and she being the head of all the finances part of it, you know, it's like really special. Well, anyway, they offered her a position to come to China and to do this. And we kind of looked at one another, scratching our head. And I thought, honey, if you go, I can preach Jesus. They can't stop me because I'll be working for you. <laughs> you know, I think, oh, we can get away with this, you know. But, you know, she had a, such a – she just couldn't do it. She didn't have it to go – that far she goes lord knew my limitations or her limitations mm-hmm. and it went a whole two we uh two blocks away is what happened because we lived we lived yeah. two blocks from the mission right, and that's how far right. now i gotta share god has a sense great sense of humor yes, so okay now let's i gotta share this with you i'm an ex-cop <laughs> there's two things in this world i didn't like you know alcohol and drugs right. <laughs> and guess where he took me right, right. <laughs> he, god has a sense of humor he knew what to do isn't that amazing oh no, I guess that. and i love those guys because i you know i get to hug the uttermost and the guttermost i get yeah. to hug them all that's, that's good right. the uttermost yes. and the guttermost and you see their lives change mm. incredibly incredible I know you do incredible you know, we uh, were talking about Elaine not putting, you know, if, if you're going into ministry for the money and you're worried about the money, you, you got your sights on the wrong thing. Oh, you know, my Brad, Brad Wilson. Got to know Brad a couple of years ago when he came. How long have you been in town now? Yeah, about two years. Two years. Okay, yeah. And uh, I remember when we first met and we were talking about your calling. Mm-hmm. And uh, what what drew you here to the gospel mission and, and to Modesto? Ooh, that's a long story of specifics too. But uh, uh, 
God definitely was moving on our life. We had done the same thing. We had been for years praying that God would use us and really had downsized our life financially. We kind of felt um, that, uh, you know, sometimes you're waiting on God, but maybe sometimes he's waiting on you. Mm. And uh, so we, we made a decision to do uh, whatever it would take uh, if that meant downsizing our finances and sort of get in a position to be in ministry instead of, you know, I, as I, as we were thinking about it and praying about it, I was doing that same thing with financially. You're looking mm-hmm. at the dollars and well, how much does it, you know, can it, can it pay my bills and really got sick of that and, and said, you know what, I, I think I just need to be able to get this down to, <laughs> you know, next mm-hmm. to nothing. So mm-hmm. we had set about to downsize our life and it was a long uh, string of circumstances that brought me to the mission. I mean, so some of them are great stories, but they're long. Suffice it to say, uh, yeah, God, God had a plan for us, and, and every yeah. uh, microscopic detail of our life was for that place. Mm. Even things that, that recently you know, seemed strange, it was all for that place. I mean, every last tear, um, every last bit of schooling, every last bit of experience, everything, we walked into that place, and, and we knew. That's and he knew that's where God was. And he was oh, an answer yeah. to prayer. He didn't, he didn't know it at the time. Mm-hmm. He was truly a, a specific, exact answer to prayer. Because you're, you know, they always say about when you go into retirement or think about it, you need to plan out at least four years out. Right. And about three, three years ago, I started asking the Lord, if someone's going to come to help me, and I want someone smarter than me. And, and I kept saying, okay, he's got to be a lot better than me. And you know, the amazing part was he came along and just did that because Brad's a pretty sharp young man. And he I, settled for good looking. It, but yes. Yeah, I, I, no, 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 I got the looks. He's got the brains. And, you know, we, what can I say? Yeah. I got, you know, we're comedic relief. You know, I do the straight lines. He takes over from there. So we do pretty good. But it was an answer to so. prayer because that's, when he came, uh, he didn't say it, but it's funny. He shared the story and he, and he should share it and how he came yeah. to the mission by accident. Turning around in a parking lot and then realized it was the mission. And no, it truly, um, I had gotten out of law school and I was doing architecture again. And I had a, I had a client in this area and I, my engineers in town, I have a lot of, throughout Stanislaus County, I'd had tons of clients in this area. So I knew the area, but not Yosemite and not airport district, certainly not that side of town. And there was a duplex I had somewhere a little farther down Yosemite on a street that escapes me now. It begins with an H. Um, but uh, I got spun around. I had the map quest, and I wound up turning on to Kerr and DeHaro. And the reason why I'll never forget is because I, I pulled into there, and, and truly, uh, you know, I felt that way about people before, uh, that God was just dripping off of them. But I'd never really felt a, a, a place like that. And I'm not kidding. I turned around to DeHaro, and, and I just, you know, all the hairs raising up on my arms, and, I, and I'm looking at this sign, you know, Modesto Gospel Mission. I had never heard of a mission before, and thinking, what in the world? And, you know, the, I'm looking, I can tell the buildings are painted the same, and I'm like, this is all the same thing, you know. And it was some random Thursday at, you know, 2, 3 in the afternoon. Nothing's going on. There's a few people roaming around. And I remember coming back out to DeHaro and Kerr, and, and I distinctly remember looking at my rearview mirror and thinking, you know, God lives here. What in the world? And it just, it, it freaked me out. And well, what happened was, drove off, never thought about it ever again. This is somewhere 2002, maybe. And never thought about it ever again, truly. And um, as I was uh, applying for this job, they had actually listed on the international site of the Association of Gospel Rescue Missions. And I was sitting there that day reading about it, and that memory uh, landed on me like, like a house. 
And I was sitting there and I was thinking, <laughs> that's that place. That, and see, now the hair is coming up on my arms. <laughs> I don't know if it was the name that triggered it. I, I, maybe I remember the name. Maybe I didn't. I don't know. But I was, I was sitting there and it, it, it creeps me out so much. I said, I've got to find out. Well, I didn't have business in Modesto for two weeks, and usually I'm there every two days. So it drove me so crazy. Within about 48 hours, I map-quested it, drove down Yosemite, pulled into the parking lot, and, of course, pulled up next to a car full of a tattered, broken-down car stuffed mm -hmm. with someone's belongings. Their whole life was in this car, and uh, they were obviously staying at the mission. And I pulled up next to the car and, and cried like a baby. And, uh, wow. and I knew on that day. Even though I wasn't hired for probably four months later, that was the first experience. That was before Thanksgiving and uh, didn't get hired until sometime around February of that next year. But I knew. I mean, it, it was one of those things. I don't like to tell Vern and Barbara I knew they were going to hire me. They didn't know they were going to, but I did. Actually, so. because we did reject him. <laughs> yeah, he, I was. Yeah. He was uh, his application, <clears throat> he was so qualified. When you read his application, uh, he's law school, uh, uh, he's gone to seminary, uh, architect. You, when you read this gone and on, and on after a while you go, man, this guy's not going to stick around. This guy's confused. This, this guy's guy completely confused. He's not going to stick around. We can't <laughs> offer him any money, you know, not for what he's worth and all that stuff. And, we're, and Barbara rejected him. We actually, yeah. we had another guy lined up back east, had it set up for him to fly out because our goal was ultimately in time, uh, Barbara had to have some of this stuff downloaded off her. It was too much and we needed to get some extra people on board and, and to find qualified people. So we went national looking. And we had a guy back east. And within, well, we had, he was supposed to be flying out. And then we got the call the day before he was to fly out uh, that he changed his mind. He wasn't going to come. And we sat back in our, and scratching our head going, what in the world, Lord? Yes. And and us and Barbara says, you know, we got this guy right here. And, and well, this is I had this. Well, I had this strange. I had a strange urge in late February to follow up, and it wasn't the normal follow up. I'd followed up. I was applying to churches and was trying to teach at Christian universities. I was teaching at a couple of colleges before I came here. Then I thought, well, maybe that's what I'm doing. I, I was teaching at Delta College and another college, and I thought, well, God, I guess, I guess that's what I'm doing. You know, I guess I'm a teacher. That was my second. You know. Um, you know, wish, I guess you'd call it my second heart thing, you know, first was ministry and second was college teaching and that had happened. So I sort of, after about five years of praying and really looking, I sort of was getting, resigning myself to that. But I had this weird urge and I shot her an email and I thought it was more than just a follow up thing. I shot her an email and, and literally she was sitting at the computer because I was checking other emails, doing other things. And within 15 minutes, um, she sent me an email back and said, well, that's actually bizarre we just opened this back up and why don't you send me your stuff i threw it all away and and uh, so i sent her uh, she didn't you know i don't even know that she remembered me so i sent it all back and uh had an interview within a few days after that and was hired a few days after that the rest was history i was working there in about a week and a half after that just well, see, prior so, to spring yeah, but, he, but he, he doesn't know yeah. was at the time he's his one of his closest friends in the world is on my board mm -hmm. and he's one of my friends a good friend of mine and before we knew it, just prior before his interview, uh, his friend, a uh, good friend, was telling me, he says, yeah, I, I know him. I go, you do? How come you know him? <laughs> and when they start, laid out their whole history together, I went, oh, my goodness. Yeah. And uh, so it was just like, you know, one of those God things, you know. Yeah, it's just am amazes me when God puts things together. Isn't it? And that's, that's just wonderful. Yeah. Wow. And, and, and Brad's moved up. Uh, he, he made a comment. That I love this statement. 
when he first came because Barbara, we was really force feeding him everything we can to, to get him up to speed. We needed someone to be up and running as fast as possible to help out. And he said it was like sucking on a fire hose, you know, because wow. it was that much. It's see, That's to a me, good visual, to isn't me, it? Well, <laughs> Mike, well to me, it's a no-brainer. But see, I, we put it together for 23 years, so we lived with it, you know, and destroyed our bodies or whatever. We wanted. I mean, we lived with the stress, so it's not to me. It wasn't, but when someone new walking in, they hit it running. So, but he did. He he wow. made it. He wow. made it. I'm proud of him. He made it. We are so glad that both of of you are here, and and we we so love the song that we have for you, uh, especially um, this this week. And Leland um, uh, plays with Brandon Heath, and um, teamed up for "Follow You." And here it is. It's awesome. You're gonna love it. We'll be back right after this. Yes, I give all myself 
Leland teamed up with Brandon Heath on Lighthouse Life, Follow You. What a beautiful song to meet the needs of the poor and the needy. God, that's our, that's our, our, our plea, isn't it? To just follow you wherever he takes us. And Vern, I know you and, and Brad and, and Vern and you, Barb, that has been your, your lifelong goal and, and your desire is to follow where God would, would have you go. And thank you for that. And thank you for being our, our guest here tonight. And thank you, dear friends, wherever you're listening. Let's uh, unwrap. You heard the the words of the song, and he's uh, talking uh, about some theological issues that both Paul and James brought up, and that, uh, you know, faith without works kind of gives us a clue about where the faith is. You know, and uh, so many people, uh, uh, Vernon and Brad, approach serving others as a checkoff list. Ah, well, I... I went down to the mission in December and helped out. I can check that off for this year, you know, or I went down and I, and I can check. It's like, you know, well, I got my obligation done. I don't think that's what Jesus had no. in mind when he said, love your neighbor, right? I mean, the, the, let's talk a little bit about how people can experience a brand new level of serving because you love Jesus and then what he does out of that effort. I think one of the things I love that I talk about to friends is friendship evangelism is one of the most effective yeah. mm-hmm. thing that you could ever do. Mm-hmm. Just being nice to someone. Yes. And, uh, and I've had that happen so many times. People said, well, Vern, you, you, you seem like a well, nice guy. I mean, what's going on with you? And, and I said, well, it's just the Lord in my heart. And they realized, oh, you're a Christian. And uh, I experienced I have Sherry, I experienced that Saturday. I was playing in a golf tournament. And the guy I was playing with, after about eight holes, I realized this guy's a Christian. He not once said, praise God, or try to act real preachy or anything. Right. It's just his actions, yeah. his words. Mm-hmm. And then I, I felt comfortable around him and realized. I think, you know, the devil wants us to get tied up doing busy stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, seriously, like you said, a little check mark up here going, yep, yeah, I did my duty that month. Or mm-hmm. when we saw that in the last few years, it seemed like a book was out there that people read and us and they went all gaga on. And I loved it. Believe it or not, I, I was glad because we'd get 150 people come to our, uh, uh, we have a orientation that Brad walks them around and talks to them about. And uh, maybe out of 150, one person catches a vision. Yeah, uh, I'd have to say on Matthew, the 25th chapter, verses 31 through 40, it talks about, when you read that scripture, and I challenge everybody to read it for themselves a little bit, and they'll pick out the gold nuggets there. And the, the key element here is when Jesus asks to them, you do unto the least of these, you do unto me, tells the people they're doing something that that's because they're writing it up on the board and you're keeping track of it. God's little video camera is watching me. Look at me, God, I'm holy and I'm doing all this. He's not at all. It's who we are as Christians. We're out there helping people all the time. Uh, good story. I, I can't help to share stories. You, got, you know, when you get a lot of them. a young man named Sean came uh, to the mission, just got out of jail, had one eye, lost an eye in prison his mother uh, actually tried killing him when he was a young child by pouring whiskey down his throat. Oh his God. sister did die from the whiskey over poisoning, but he didn't. He ended up going to foster care, and then from there he ended up going to jail. He got out of jail, came to the mission. And I remember seeing this young man, just an average young man, sitting in the, in the dining room at the time he was in the old building. 
And uh, a couple of the program guys, I love them because they get all fire for the Lord, and they'll just jump on you real quick about <laughs> Jesus. And uh, they said, Vern, he wants, to, he wants to come into the Bible class. I said, well, come on. And uh, he was in there about two weeks when they brought him to me. He said, man, he wants to accept Jesus. Well, that's like saying sick him to a bulldog. You know, I said, okay, come on. And so we sat there and we talked about what it meant and we prayed the Lord's Prayer and I introduced him to Jesus and Jesus came to him and, and it was great. It was awesome. He came on to the program and he was there about a month. And got, I come walking in one day and the side of his face was swollen up so bad you wouldn't believe it. And it scared me when I saw it. And I'm, I've worked paramedic units, so I know it was nasty. And so uh, I rushed him to the hospital, to the ER, and uh, they admitted him. And he had an infection from the eye that he had lost. He developed mm. a bad infection. Mm. He, was in the murder, he was up in ICU one day, been there about two weeks. And people would bring him tapes uh, all the different preachers in town, you know, uh, Wade Estes to, to uh, countrymen to, to, you know, all of them, all the great guys here in our community. And they would bring these tapes about different sermons. And he asked a simple question. Why? Hmm. Why are you guys doing this? How come you're bringing this to us, to me? And we said, we just love you as Jesus loves you. And we're just, we're just doing it. Well, he died a couple of days after that. Is that right? And I always laughingly say that he went from destruction and pain to the arms of the Lord. Now he knows what real love means because yeah. he never felt it any of his life. Wow. Mm -hmm. And so that shared, that always drives it to me in my heart when Matthew, when I read Matthew 31 through 40, because it's, it's, it's who we are. Yeah. We're not out trying to show anybody how great we are. We're not out in the middle of the street doing anything strange you know, on a, a rug or anything like that. I mean, we're just serving God with love. That's the key right then there. Love conquers what? Everything. Well, and I think, too, the the authenticity comes through. And, and Brad and Vern, you know this, desperately hurting people don't know the Lord. Desperately hurting people who don't know the Lord know a phony in a nanosecond. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. they, they know when you're yeah, coming just to make yourself oh, feel yeah. good versus <laughs> when you're loving the Lord and you're loving them because uh, yeah. it's, it's just an outgrowth of, of, of what you do. Oh, yeah. And uh, folks who are, are desperately hurting can, can pick up. And I, I'm wondering if maybe that's a God-implanted alarm system that everybody has, and it's just part of recognizing him when he shows up. Don't you think? It's not something they're used to. It's they're they're used. They're you know can be professional users and abusers. They're just trying to survive. Mm -hmm. But they they just like you said, they can sense that it's not something that they're all that familiar with. It's strange that someone would do something without any expectations or not trying to get something back. So they're you know no doubt trying to figure out well, what are these people in it for. It takes a while when that really sinks in that it's you know something truly benevolent and something oh look i'm just here to you know help you out um it just you know breaks them down blows down barriers you know and it's just it's just what we're built for you know i think that a lot of those god things you know that are that are buried within us whether if it's agape love you know the minute you start extending that to somebody uh be it an enemy be it somebody who's living on the streets and you know hopeless and hungry 
um, you know, you begin to see what God does for you, how it fulfills you. And, and so it's the same with that kind of behavior. You're extending it to someone and that compared to the checklist, you know, mm-hmm. is, is you can, <laughs> what a difference, you know, we're, I don't care if it's giving at church or anything like that. When you do those things, just in obedience, um, all of a sudden the light starts going off inside of you too, you know, as well as being able to witness the power that it has to pull somebody out of those, you know, circumstances. And it's scary stuff, you know. It's Love scary with stuff. no strings attached. No, no strings yeah. attached. You know, people so often that, that when you deal with someone, and you say homeless, so you can ask them why they're homeless. You're going to get 10 different answers from 10 different people. But when they look at you and they, you know, they get used and you see, why are you doing this? You know, why, how come you're doing this? Uh, quite often you'll say, uh, uh, well, you get paid because you get money from the government. And, I, and, and the mission receives none of that. We don't accept federal, state, county monies. It's all private. And we're not, if it's for the money, we're in trouble because I'm certainly not going to be a millionaire there or anything else. But the, the point is they, they, they look at you and go, okay, why are you doing this? If you think about it, I don't know how many times I've ever gone up to someone and I've had it, I've done that where I've taken the coat off my back and handed it to someone, put it on them. And, but it's not because I felt good. I, I felt the need to do it. And, you know, how often do as Christians, we see a need and we don't do it. God speaking to you and saying, Mike, I want you to do this. Mm-hmm. And you're going, uh, is that you, Lord, or is that just me getting in the way or what? You know, it's just, it just amazes me sometimes. We just got to get clarity. Listen to the Lord, especially now. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. You know, we sat back on our hands so long that we're the, our country, the things around us, everybody's complaining about the bad stuff. Right. We could have right. stopped it a long time ago. Yeah. We could have, and, and I don't know about you, Vernon Brad, but it seems to me, and, and I know that you connect with um, missions across the United States, and, and you've been you know, part of the executive level group <laughs> that, that ministers much of that. I think God's doing something special here in Stanislaus County in the greater Modesto area. He's kicked open some doors that you don't often see in other cities. There's and you know and and you mentioned the government money and you you get handcuffed because you can't want to proselytize you know. But there there seems to be an openness as far as they can in government in 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 this area and a willingness to have not only the 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 faith community you participate, but oftentimes a question: Where are you guys? You know, so I think we God's provided us, he's answered our prayers, he's provided us with the opportunity to really partner with government and other secular agencies to to boldly proclaim Christ in, in what we do. And, I, boy, if we mess up and we don't take advantage of that, I, I think we've messed up a great opportunity God's provided, don't you? Well, if you look, look if we, we stop and think for a minute, there's a reason for what's going on. In, in the end times, God talked about a great revival, okay? Right now, our country hurts... F- Financially, the economy. Uh, a lot of the government agencies are closing down, and which I'm going to mention that right now we had used to have a dry out, a center where we could, they could bring someone to dry out for 30 days. It no longer exists. They don't have the money for that financing. And so, as Christians, we pick up the ball and run with that because we rely on God's finances and not man's. 
And so like us at the mission, we're uh, in the middle of a building pa- campaign. We're uh, r- raising money to, to build a – we have a 5,000-square-foot building we're, we're putting up. We're going to get started hopefully here pretty soon. And part of that building is uh, – half of it, 20 beds, is for a 30-day dry-out period. We're taking that responsibility on. Now, here's the, the hook. <laughs> I love hooks. The hook is when someone comes there and needs help. All they have to do is come in because it's free, but then they're going to hear the gospel. And at the end of the 30 days, they have an option. If they want to move and get a better life and get going, then we can move them into the program, into the main building. And then, or they don't want to, they can go right back to where they was at. It's okay, no problem. But we're going to do it. We're going to do it for free, and we're going to do it without government money. And so we're going to, we're hopefully, we've got our fingers crossed. Brad's uh, my on-site expert of uh, accountant, uh, uh, architect. Uh, he, he knows how to do all this stuff because I'm dumb as brick when it comes to all the government stuff or, you know, buildings permits and all that. Uh, but if we can jump through the hoops and do everything they want with us right now, keep us in prayer. Absolutely. Because, oh, absolutely. We've got to go up for a conditional use permit for the whole property and everything. So it's it seems like when you – don't forget, when you stick your head above the crowd, you get a shot with lightning. Sure. So when you stick your head above the crowd, the, all the crazies come out and get mad at you, and they yell at you, and they think you're terrible people. But uh, on the other hand, we're going to do what the government can't do. And see life change. You guys need volunteers for some of this stuff. Absolutely, yeah. We have, we have, we really, you know, the mission needs an army of volunteers. And I would say that every second Thursday, from five thirty to six thirty, it's over in an hour. It takes about forty-five minutes for the tour, about fifteen minutes to fill out an application if you want to do that. Um, You can stop by the mission every second Thursday of Mm -hmm. every month, Mm -hmm. and we have a couple of events coming up. Of course, we've got our uh, in November. We'll have our banquet and bundle up where. The guests come and they get a, they get a big Thanksgiving meal, but they also get to go into this the chapel room where we have it full of coats and hats and gloves That's and scarves so and sweaters. And so um, we'll get, see almost a thousand people that day. Um, I believe we have a volunteer crew that day of somewhere around sixty to eighty. Um, Christmas is pushing you know over two thousand people. There's at least two crews of sixty volunteers that work on that. So uh, we couldn't do it without volunteers. It's huge. Awesome. So those. Those September, October, November, those um, second Thursdays are packed, sometimes 100 or more people. So get in on those dates. Come to the tour. It's the first step. Yeah, and those slots are going to fill up quick. So it's the first step to volunteering, but it's a great way to plug in to volunteering at the missions. We just finished um, our back-to-school block party and gave away over 1,200 backpacks. Served uh, 1,900 meals. Wonderful. And, and it took volunteers to get out there to do all. We can't do it. I don't have enough staff. How do they get a hold of you, Vern? Yes. What the Call us at 529, area code 209-529-8259. And uh, Monday through Fridays, 9 to 5, the office is open. We'll answer that. And uh, like Brad was just saying about the volunteer uh, orientation coming up, and, and I have to give a warning to people because it does get habit forming. Because <laughs> volunteerism and, and, and uh, I wish I had more time for you, Mike, to go out and build uh, ramps for people and stuff. You know, mm-hmm. it's just volunteerism. Mm-hmm. If they want to put their faith to work, get off the backside, turn the TV off, yes. grab whatever tool they have and come <laughs> and help you guys. Come and volunteer wherever because I'm going to tell you what, faith without works is 
Yeah. Amen. And it is a good addiction, if you will, to oh, have yeah. many of our volunteers, and I know you guys hear this too, they are more blessed than the, those that they serve. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you were, you were mentioning, uh, Elaine Vern was mentioning just a couple of minutes ago that, that passage where, uh, you know, the, the sheep and the goats are being separated. Oh. And um, yeah, I think one of the, and, and this is my interpretation, but it seems to me that when Jesus says, no, 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 you, did, you didn't miss the boat, because when you did it to the least of these brothers of mine, you did it to me. Not not you did it as if you were, but you did it to me. You know, there, there's a sense of humbleness, I think, for those sheep. They're thinking, oh, man, we missed it. And he's and Jesus said, no, 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 you didn't miss it. This is the point. I was there. You know, when, when, when you saw the guy that needed a coat or you saw the gal that needed a crib for her child or, or you saw the hungry person and you went over uh, to McDonald's and got him a meal or whatever, my, I was there present, you know, in that. And I think there's a genuine humbleness for the servant because they're not out there to get credit. They're not worried about that. What they're, they're simply doing is uh, out of their love for Christ, you know, they're, 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 being prompted to to uh, extend that love to somebody else, and that's that humbleness, I think, Vern, that that comes through and gets communicated. Isn't I, it? I, I I think also too, it it, it it projects something to the person you're helping. Mm. Because um, I had it happen: young, young man come walking out of the old Safeway store down the street from the mission. His hair was moving from he had so many bugs on it, and I took about two steps back because I didn't. <laughs> it even scared me, and I seen it all. And he says, he says, don't panic, don't. He says, I'm not asking for money. I'm just hungry. Would you feed me? Well, you say that to me. I'm going to go feed you. You know, That's right. I might not give you money, but I, by golly, I'm going to feed you. And I took him over to, I remember a little chicken place that was there. I bought the biggest and the best. You know what? That's one of the keys I want to tell people. If they're going to do something to them, don't cut cheap. Don't cut cheap. I mean, God doesn't do things cheap. Don't cut cheap. Well, I'm normally going to spend a dollar on him. Oh, come on. You got ten bucks. Spend ten bucks on him. That's right. Anyway, I bought him the best meal they had because they wouldn't even serve him. He was so dirty. All I remember is, and this has burned in my psyche for the rest of my life, looking at the face of this gentleman at, at one time, probably people rejected a lot of, put the food down from him. I said, you know, right down the street's a missionary. But I'm going to tell you something. God loves you. And he looked at me. You can see it in his face. Thank you. You know, kind of that. I don't even know how to explain the look. I took my hand, and he, he looked at me like, you sure you want to touch me? I shook his hand, which I washed later real quick, but <laughs> I shook his hand. And, and you know what? I walked away from there with the warmth of Christ in a way that I stopped. Uh, I was riding my motorcycle time, and I pulled over the side of the road on my knees and just cried like a two-year-old. Mm. Because, Lord, thank you. You allowed me to get to be part of that. Amen. We thank you for being a part of our evening, and we'll have you back again. God bless you both, Brad Wilson and Vern Detheridge. And thank you, dear friends, wherever you're listening. Thank you, and good night. <laughs>